0: Uh, Welcome to Into the Hobbyverse, a podcast dedicated to Marvel Crisis Protocol and the aspects of the hobby surrounding it. Our focus here is to discuss our experiences with the game and to give advice to helpfully help you as a listener to improve to where you want to be on your painting journey. Uh, I am Waxy Sandwich and I'm joined by, uh, oh boy, artists. How's it going, buddy? I'm losing it.
1: (laughs) I'm doing all right. Uh, how are you? Me, apparently. I don't know. I I, <laughs> I thought I was doing
0: fine but I might be coming down with something.
1: Yeah, no worries. <laughs>
0: uh yeah, um you know, another another week in the books. Uh pretty pretty long one it felt for me. Um was busy with real life so. As always, not as much painting as I wanted to be, but uh yeah, you know, can't complain. Yeah,
1: yeah. I had had a similar experience. I got very, very little done hobbying-wise. Started a new job this last week, and uh, Uh, it was crazy, crazy busy trying to... You know how it is. New job. You want to put the best foot forward kind of thing. So uh, I spent a lot, a lot of time working, very little time hobbying, tragically.
0: Unacceptable. Um, I think that the most appropriate thing for you to do is to blow off work and just continue to hobby.
1: I'll, I'll be sure to let them know that next week. Yeah.
0: I will hold it against you, though. Uh, well, uh, so we'll go into our hobby up. What, what hobbying did you get done as you were slacking?
1: Uh, building the new releases. Uh, so Claw, M'Baku, and Cosmic Ghost Rider just came out. Uh, and I did end up finding enough time to get them built and primed. Um, I've got Cosmic Ghost Rider sub-assembled uh just because he's gonna be a, a bit of a challenge to paint otherwise, especially with his little uh little energy ball front wheel thing. Um and then of course uh there was no instructions up this weekend for building claw and Mbaku. So uh Mbaku was fairly Intuitive to put together, but man, Claw was the opposite of that. Uh, so I had to spend some time finding reference images of other people that have built theirs and and studio model and stuff like that to try and figure out where does this piece go. And I spent a lot of time dry fitting. It was a uh, it's was, it was kind of annoying.
0: Yeah, I um I, I kind of had a similar experience. Uh, I assembled M'Baku. Baku, and yeah, he's he's straightforward, right? He's just kind of like legs chest arms so i assembled him i did not bravely assemble my claw i figured i'm not going to paint him for a while anyway so i just uh i just kicked that can down the road kudos to you for trying to figure it out because they're up now um i think they just kind of forgot and i think that monday so that would have been last monday um we record these on saturdays uh, is when they actually got it up onto the website. Yeah, he's but assembly assembling bravely. Kudos. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's he's a he's a neat model. I actually really like what they did with the sculpt, his like phasing, you know, him changing position of where he was and it kind of showing you the stages. Um I, I think it's a really cool idea for a sculpt, so I'm actually really excited to paint him. And I think that part partly motivated me to just tough it out and figure out how to get him built.
0: Yeah, I, I I love this model. I I think it's like one of the coolest models they have released this year. I have a couple of ideas for like things to do. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to or exactly how to approach them, but yeah, I I I really enjoy this model. Yeah, I I want
1: to I want to intentionally spend some time thinking about cool painting effects I could do because he's got that like I don't know digitized look where the like the, there's parts of him that look like they're um I, I, I don't know a better word for it, like breaking apart, yeah they yeah.
0: they're, well, they're, they're like the sono sonic echoes or something, yeah, yeah, and
1: it and so it it really lends itself to just doing something crazy with it, like really, really going into like weird effects, what be it you know color shift paint or uh you know or whatever like it it really encourages you to just go to town with your imagination and do something kind of off the wall and so i don't want to miss out on that i want to take advantage of that i want to make sure that i uh, put put something really creative into that uh so at some point i'm going to i'm just going to sit down and just deliberately brainstorm ideas with him um because but I'm really excited about painting him.
0: Yeah. All right, so you assembled the new release? Yes,
1: I also did get started on painting a model which I cannot reveal cuz I'm going to mm-hmm. try to enter it into the Furious Finest comp. So, um I didn't get much done on that
0: though. So. Sick buddy. What was it? August 1st? I don't actually know. I, I want
1: to say it's like August 7th. So I've got oh, a few man. weeks but not well, no, I guess a couple weeks. Yeah, so I got to get yeah, on I it. the wire, got to get on it.
0: Yeah, TikTok. You got you to gotta defend your crown. It's uh, the reigning, reigning yes, champion. Uh Yeah, that's cool, though. We're excited to, to see that when it comes out. I guess I, I won't see it until uh, the podcast comes out. But uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be cool when you're done. Yeah, with that. yeah.
1: But that was what I hobbied on. It, lo- it looks like uh, some more Shatterpoint was on the menu for you.
0: Yeah, so I um I'm continuing Shatterpoint. I um I painted Magna Guards, uh, which are like these droid bodyguards. Uh and I did those in one day. I, I kind of um I again tried to go back to more of a speed paint style with them. So, you know, they were pretty sketchy, not not super refined, but what I tried to do was to I, I got a base layer in, um Did some airbrush purples into the shadows, and then I highlighted up to off greens for the highlights to try to give like an interesting color variation without um like too much effort. You can't really see it in the pictures I posted because it's kind of washed out um, because you know they're just kind of work in progress pictures that I take. Um, When I take better pictures, it might become more apparent. But uh, yeah, I like how they look. They're they're pretty simple models. I didn't want to do like full non-metallic metal, so I tried to go like their ceramic. Because uh, because the Gars are kind of depicted in a couple of ways, from what I could tell, um, they're either you know full metal or they're kind of ceramic armor plates. And I chose to go with the ceramic because it's easier mm. or less less laborious. Maybe not necessarily easier. Gotcha. Um, so I did those kind of a one-day paint there. That was nice. Uh, and then I oh I posted the wrong picture. Oh no no! I didn't. I'm just in the wrong thing. Um, and then I I uh, painted Dooku, Count Dooku, uh, and the 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 face on this sculpt is is really really nice. Um, I really enjoy painting the face. It has a lot of detail on it for the size. Um, and, you know, the rest of it's like a pretty basic paint job, just trying to match the the um, art that you know I've seen or like just how Christopher Lee right looks in the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so some Shatterpoint stuff. Uh, I'm starting on the I think they're Mandalorian Super Commandos which I'm not like in love with these models. Um I don't I don't I never watched the cartoons, so I don't even know who these cats are. <laughs> but I'm I'm kind of painting them with a pretty, you know, basic paint job and then Uh yeah, so th- that's what I painted. Um like you I assembled I, I assembled Banku. Um I left Cosmic Ghost Rider and uh Claw till later because um, I wasn't entirely sure if I wanted to do any like modifications on either mm. of those. But well, I, I definitely do on Claw. I, I'm not sure what I want to do with Cosmic Ghost Rider. Um So I did those, but I also assembled. I got the um, the General Grievous box for Shatterpoint, and I I did not appreciate how cool this Grievous model is. The Grievous model is it's a lot larger than I thought it would be, and man, it's a it's a really slick model. Mm. So I'm actually really excited to paint that Very one. Very cool. Yeah. I'm I'm tempted to buy another one cuz like the the pure size of this model it's uh it's it's like a big model. I think it'd be a really nice like competition piece uh model to really exert yourself in. It's got a lot of you know opportunities and details to kind of go the extra mile for mm. it. So cool model. I'm excited to paint that one. Right on. Uh yeah that that's all that's all the hobbying that I've done. Cool
1: yeah the short week mm-hmm. in that regard huh?
0: Yeah yeah not I, I I guess yeah short and long depending on how you count it I mean I I did get the hobby but uh not as many hours. As right normal, right that's yeah. okay. All right yeah so anything uh I mean anything else to catch up hobby wise I I guess I should say I'm I'm out next week so this is kind of like a fun experiment i'm trying i'm out next week on like uh, i'm just going on a vacation so i'm I'm contemplating spending any you know I, I was i was thinking about bringing some hobby stuff and i'm I'm thinking about just bringing a bust and just spending any you know downtime i have if, if we're not doing something actively to work on just a single bust over a week and see where i get to with like a limited selection of paints because hmm. normally when i'm at home you know i have my way too many paints on a wall and I'm just I'm curious what I could do with a limited selection of paints and you know just sketching around on you a should try, uh,
1: you should try the old trick where you just do like the three primary paints and you just have to you have mm. any color you want to get to, you gotta mix your way there.
0: Uh I'm <laughs> not that much of a I'm not that ambitious. I, I wouldn't a hundred percent be sure where to go, but that that would be a good exercise if I wasn't uh, <laughs> if I knew. what yeah, I, was I don't. Doing. I don't
1: recommend it. Although, uh... I had to do something like that in high school. We had a we had like I took an art class and we had to do these like fingerprint where you use like one of those ink pads. Then we had to do a, mm. a a face with it. We had to we had to fingerprint paint a face, and so I then took like an advanced art class with the same teacher and she was like okay well you've already done it with the ink pad so you got to do it differently you can't use the ink pad and I was like oh well what am I supposed to do then and she got me three primary color powders and so I I literally had to dip my finger in like water and then grab the powders that I needed and mix them um it was obnoxious and it took forever i literally had to use up like all of my study halls for the year going in and just working on this stupid fingerprint face uh so now granted that was mostly because of the powder nonsense so i can't imagine this would be as bad if you're just using like an acrylic paint but uh just the idea of taking like three paints and having to mix your way to whatever colors you want to get gives me like ptsd flashbacks so i don't i don't recommend it
0: well you would need black and white right like yeah
1: yeah that's fair i don't think you can mix your way to
0: black and white really i mean you i mean
1: no because no matter mixing you do you would probably end up just getting brown right so yeah i don't think you'd be able to get to black or white with mixing you'd have to yeah so okay fair enough five colors fine i'll give you five colors
0: yeah. Well that that's kind of what the the Zorn palette is, right? Like people talk about that like it's it's five specific colors or uh I want to out myself it's not that what I'm talking about. There there's this Zorn palette which is a limited color palette. I can't remember if it's five or if it's seven because there's a variation of it which is the limited Zorn palette. Um which you know people love to to post. Oh, I'm trying out this. Um I don't want to quite go that far, but I also you know want to relax myself leaning on mm, i need a brown so i'm going to use you know vallejo model color sado brown number 5 right, right. or whatever like kind of find gotcha. a happy medium
1: well that that sounds like a cool kind of test uh, of yourself a way to kind of push yourself
0: yeah we'll see i mean it depends on how much right, right. time i actually have on vacation uh, but yeah um looking forward to that very cool um, all right well yeah, yeah, topic so we are uh covering Mr. sinister this week uh and this is this is a relatively cool model um i I actually really enjoyed painting this model and really like um how it looks uh like in, in the in the whole process it's it's one of the cooler models from the range, and again, like Dormammu last week i'd doesn't get a ton of love because of uh, game his, rules. Uh, I guess yeah. words on the card. I, he yeah. is
1: one of my favorite sculpts in the range, hands down. Um I, I so first of all, I've always really had kind of a bias towards the character. I've always liked Mister Sinister. Like I like his aesthetic. I like just the. The character design is like right up my alley. I really like him, and so uh, when he came out, I was I was thrilled. I think the sculpt is fantastic. Uh, they did they did a great job on it. Um, and I my experience with him was he was just a blast to paint. I had a lot of fun painting him. I learned a lot. I got to push myself a lot, and I just enjoyed every minute of it. It was he was just a, a blast for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, it was very similar for me. And being a uh, earlier model in the range, you know, there, there was a lot of learning that happened as I was painting him, which you know I have fond memories of. It. We'll go over some of those things in this very episode. Um, so well, I want I, w- I guess what
1: I would like to start with is one of the things. So he was my first attempt at this specific thing that is now becoming more and more common. And it's that banding effect across the muscles that a bunch of models get. Like, famously, Colossus has it, right? Uh, Mr. Sinister has it. I think mm-hmm. Arnim Zola's legs have it, I believe. Um.
0: Yep, yeah. Uh, Winter, Winter yep, Soldier. Winter Soldier. Has, I, has I, there might well. even
1: be ones I'm forgetting, and f- forgive me for that. But it's... It's a common effect in comic books, right? You get that that banding thing. And this was my first time ever attempting any of that stuff. And and I guess you could also say this was probably uh, one of my first times trying to do any kind of... um, uh, Well, no. Never mind. I guess that's what I was about to say. There wasn't accurate. I was going to say it's like one of my first attempts at doing kind of like a colored non-metallic metal, which is kind of what I went as, but... Um, but that's not really true because I had, you know, Captain America and Iron Man stuff like that. So, I, I would say this was the first time I did it and felt good about it. So.
0: And, and maybe like intentionally because, I mean, you've said in the past like the Captain America you didn't right. like Though you were doing NMM and kind of following a guide, and I, I don't think that there were yeah. any guides for, no, for Sinisters. So exactly. Kind of this was the first time
1: where that. I was, you know, no training wheels. I didn't have anything to fall back on. I kind of knew what I wanted it to look like, and I knew that what I was attempting was kind of like a colored non-metallic metal. And... Um, And I'm really happy with how it turned out. Of course, now looking back on it, it's been a few years now. um, I can see that, you know, a lot of my high life placement isn't great. And there's a lot of things I could have done a much better job on. But uh, especially for where I was as a painter at the time, um, it was like a home run for me. It it came out really, really well. And I was super happy with it when I was finished with it.
0: Yeah, no, I... I, um... Yeah, you know, it's a pretty pretty similar story for me on on the the model overall, and we'll go into the specifics in a second. But I think thinking of it as quasi NMM, you know, uh, makes sense. I mean, the 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 difference, like really, the only difference between like a highly reflective leather or you know highly reflective material and NMM, I, I think, is like the degree of environmental influence. So the amount of reflectivity you need to bake in is is pretty similar, um, which we'll go over. And then the only other difference is like if it was a steel armor like Colossus, um, you could probably sell the effect more by incorporating more of the ground color, or something like this with the um, the like you know the blue. If you chose to paint it in that blue way, um, would require what's the word I'm looking for? Like like doesn't. Imp- wouldn't be influenced by like brown ground as much it still would incorporate some of that but it wouldn't be quite like steel where you know you're seeing it as right. much right yeah
1: yeah the the banding so you know you have this uh it can be a bit of a challenge to paint I think because on one hand you're trying to capture the curvature of the muscles right so where should the highlights be placed when you have these these muscles, right, which is always a challenge in and of itself, um, it, you know, and we talk about that in a great deal when we were talking about things like Hulk and stuff like that, right, there's there's logical ways where light should be hitting and things like that, but then when you throw in the banding side of it, it it's, you're adding like another challenge to it, because now you're not just talking about where would light be placed on a muscle, you're now also having to you're effectively adding creases and edges in unnatural places and that's going to affect where your light is hitting um, and so one of the the kind of cheats that I went with is essentially just doing like edge highlighting for the edges where those uh, where, you know and then making sure I left uh, or even added um, like black lining in, um, in the crevices to make sure that it's distinct that there these things are bands um but i i almost feel like you have to even be measured with that because if you overdo that it it doesn't quite look right and it'll take away from the musculature right and so it's it's kind of weird because you it, i think this might be one of those instances where you have to and when we talked about this i think last time with the you have to steer a little bit away from the the realism part of it for the rule of cool like you 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 got to find kind of a happy medium where you're you're highlighting each component of it enough to where it sells as muscles and it sells as bands um but you're not <clears throat> overdoing either one of those to detract from the other if that makes sense
0: Yeah it does and you know, one thing that you can do, and I didn't do this online because I hadn't quite learned this lesson, but one thing that you can do is um when you're starting, just ignore the smaller parts of the detail of the model altogether and just kind of paint it as if it was smooth on your first couple of layers or as you're starting. And then as you're like doing those final refining steps, that's when you can introduce like those details that you just described, like those edge highlights. Uh, the, the black lining and so on. And and that can help like simplify it overall, give you consistent lighting, and then you still capture like how those bands would would influence um what would reflect light or how the light would influence those bands as opposed to if it was truly smooth. Um and, and that goes for like anything that's kind of got like a lot of really small details on it. But you know for me on Mr. Sensor that's that's not a hundred percent how I approached it at the time, but gotcha. that's kind of how I would do it now for sure. Because um, because part of the issue with like true blacklining on it, and you can see this on mine, is it, it looks kind of weird, right? Because you you kind of have to get a gradation in your blacklining, and and again, this is you know higher higher level painting, and something I would even have trouble with now is the, the degree of blackness would be a lot lighter towards where the light is hitting that like some of the light would penetrate into that crease um and as you move away from your higher higher highlight points and then the idea there is that the whole model is kind of unified and you're not getting these weird just stark black lines all the way across right
1: right yeah that's a good point is and that's uh, uh man like the That's that's thinking on it uh, on an even higher level than what I was like, uh, but yeah, it, when you get into because the you got to think of it as how light would hit that as well, right? And so it's it's not just a matter of the the bands and edge highlights, but then of course uh, the the lines themselves uh, or the I'm calling the blinds but really their their crevices, right? The the indents. Um, and and how that affects all of it. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a challenge. I don't know. I, I feel like I have uh, in. It, 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 well, what's a better way to put this? I feel like I don't have a clear understanding of the the appropriate way that you should always approach this. Um, and I think that's why I'm kind of defaulting into a trying to find a happy medium between those two components.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, and it's also like, what's your goal? Like, you know, for tabletop. Plus plus that, that that definitely works. I I guess I'm thinking like the you know really advanced, this is a display type model type level and, and just general. Like like anything, there's there's a a mountain of, of like it's it's like an iceberg of, of layers. You can kind of travel down and and think about all these things, but even if you, you don't travel down, you can end up with a you know effectively conveyed model. Like I, I think that that yours, you know, like like both of the ones that we have, um, we painted at the time. I th- I think look really good, and the model lends itself well to that. Um, just kind of like where you try to think of on the next level, and and this is just what I struggle with on this. And like you said, it's a common motif with this. Um, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's gotta have a name, like because it's a it's a common motif, but like this this liney thing. Um, yeah, I'm... superhero suits. Uh, Something to think about. Something to something to grapple with, and either choose to ignore or you know dive into. Yeah, um, I'm
1: sure there's a term for it, but yeah, no, yeah. it's 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 definitely a, a bit of a challenge. Um, it, at the same time, though, I also feel like it um, it does prevent or present an opportunity to um, what's what's the term I'm looking for? H- hobby cheat, I guess, in a sense. Because um, you can emphasize it a bit with, like, the edge highlighting, and it and that in and of itself can take away from, uh, you know... It, normally, if all you had was, like, his musculature to, to go with, then, like, the smoothness of your uh, transitions is going to really show more because you have just this smooth piece of, you know, like, like let's say his, you're looking at, like, his torso... The smoothness of transitions is going to matter a lot. Highlight placement is going to be really uh, important in that setting. And now that you have these like lines breaking it up, and you kind of get to emphasize those, it makes it to where if you didn't, you know, if if you didn't have like the most amazing smooth transitions, it's not that big a deal, right? Uh, So it's it's an interesting effect, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can look at mine for an example for that. Like the transitions aren't smooth, but like exactly you're saying, the uh, the I didn't emphasize the edge highlighting as much. Maybe I should have more. of the Dark bands kind of kind of covers up for that a lot. Yeah, so, so
1: it's yeah, it's, it's kind of cool, and it's that, it's I mean it's good there. to think about that because it is a more and more common thing with miniatures or with superhero stuff, right? So. Especially if you ever want to do, you know, Colossus is, is probably, I think, the the one everybody thinks of when you think of like the metal banding skin kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, Col- <laughs> a Colossus would be extra hard because technically, since he's full metal, I I think that it, it would it would depend on how. Um... Because we're doing a sneaky colossus episode here, it would it would depend on how deep you envision those creases to be, because um, if if it's not too deep, you might actually see the line of metal on the (laughs) interior being reflected. So, what it would look like? You'd have to have a black line with a very narrow white line. Right. That might be that might be too much at that scale. Now
1: now you're getting into like next level thought process on this. Like, (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah. although you know i'm looking at like the you know what though hmm. you kind of see it like i'm just looking at pictures of uh colossus from deadpool and you you kind of see that a little bit but the um yeah this this is where when you miniaturize stuff it doesn't always work like the lines on colossus that is actually a really nice picture um the lines on colossus from Deadpool aren't as like thick mm-hmm. as they would render, like in miniature scale. So you don't necessarily get that um, when you when you when you convert it down to a miniature scale. Like these lines that we're talking about are probably bigger than they would be because you just like have to render them. So maybe, maybe you wouldn't right. do that.
1: Yeah, and that's an interesting. Uh, looking at the picture, I, I noticed there are like the lines. Are often are a mirror or, or no, what's the, they're they're the inverse. So if you look, for instance, at his shoulder, right, um, you'll notice the areas where the light is reflecting off of the the muscle. So you'll have this section where it's nice and bright where it's reflecting off of his muscle, and then the line is actually dark. And then in the next section over, where, there's a lack of light reflecting off the muscle, so it's a dark section. You still see the line, but now the line is bright. So it's almost like the line is constantly going back and forth between being a dark line and a bright line, and it's doing so by being the inverse of whatever the muscle is reflecting as, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it it does. And I think a little bit of that is like that edge highlighting that you were talking about yeah I, I posted an um just another reference image from from Banshee. and again, it's colossus, but because the effect on the skin is so similar, it can kind of give you ideas. i mean, I, I think that's a nice nice cheat you just pointed out where like that edge highlight contrasts really strongly with the um mm-hmm. like either the dark reflections or the shadow, however you think about it. I think that that actually um, helps uh get some contrast in there and and uh, is is an interesting um
1: Hmm. That's well, interesting. Yeah, I might next time I run yeah, into a, a mini one. that has the banding like that, I might have to play around with that and see what that feels like. Is kind of kind of experimenting a bit with um, using those lines, I guess, a little more creatively.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll shut up about Colossus. We got we're we're talking about Mister Sinister here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's we're talking about the banding. It makes yeah.
0: sense. It's uh, so totally off track here. Um, but I think it's a it's a good diversion. So do you want to talk a little bit about like the the color recipe that you used for it? So so we both went with the blue, and I think for Mister Sinister the the blue is the most common. Um, I think in my research, and this is a while ago, so I, I might be misremembering. There were a couple other shades that he might be, you know, depicted as. Um, like I think there's maybe some more purplish tones sometimes. That and I, I'm talking about like his his. Uh, the clothy bits of his armor and not the boots and gloves. Um, So sometimes it's more true black. Sometimes it's more like true blue and, you know, kind of how we both depicted it is a little bit in between. Um,
1: Yeah. The nice thing about that is because it has kind of a gray black look to it, you can always, uh, you know, and and we've talked about this a number of times, but it, using like other colors to influence that color. So, do you do you want it to have like a purple feel to it? Do you want it to have a blue feel to it? Do you want it to have like a, you know, a true uh, or a a gray tone black to it? Like, you know, there, there's there's a ton you could do to kind of influence that. For for me, like, I don't know, it, it, I was early enough in painting with this where I was like. Oh, it's black. And that was and my mind just thought of it as that. And so I just did a grayscale style black. Um, were I had to do this again, looking at, you know, he's got blue as a main color for him, there's red influence there, and then you've got uh, the the magic or not magic, the, the sciencey whatever smoke stuff that's coming out of like the cloning vat he's stepping out of. Um, there's a lot of different opportunities for ha- what kind of color influence you want the piece to have. Uh, and and I, of course, did not take any advantage of that because that's just not where my head was at when I was painting him. And I think uh, were I to do it again, I would be more deliberate about that. I would spend some time thinking about, okay, uh, I've got these different color elements that are part of the piece. How do I want those to influence it? How do I want it to read and i would try to do something along those lines but to be honest with you I, i'm not sure in what direction i would go with that
0: yeah i'm not 100 percent sure either i mean for for like when i painted them i was just like okay i want to paint the blue part blue and then the black part black and you know thinking of an overall color scheme and you know how it how it reads and all that i i didn't quite think about but
1: yeah it, yeah and that's just you know uh, this was early en- enough, early on enough for both of us that I think that's just not where our head was at when we were painting it. But um, it, it's definitely something I would think about now.
0: Yeah. So, so that, that's interesting. Me, I, I didn't realize that. I thought that you had intentionally gone more blue. So, so yours was in, like you were trying to convey blackness. Is that? Am I hearing you right on that?
1: Uh, yeah. Effectively, I. I it, this was back when. Oh, hey, that's black. And so my very normy brain that doesn't think about color theory or anything along those lines is like, well, what's black with light on it, well that's just grey. So I go from black to you know dark gray to mid tone gray to light gray to eventually like something nearing white. And so all the highlights on him on the black portions are just basic grayscale highlighting.
0: I'm I'm talking about the the, the blue area.
1: The, oh, you're talking about the blue area,
0: chest area. Yeah,
1: chest area. Yeah. Okay, I'm silly. Okay, no, no, I'm no. going crazy
0: because that that looks blue, man. I,
1: I thought I thought we were onto the the blue the the gray slash black portions of his outfit. That's no. where my head's been at no, this whole I mean, time.
0: That, that that's uh yeah. I mean everything you said is true for for um, environmental uh grays and stuff. But no, I wanted to talk through your recipe on the the oh I see, chest. yeah.
1: Okay. Well, no. Well, in that case, my my answer is much less uh, fancy-sounding. This was back when, you know, color recipe for me was like, oh, hey, that's blue. So, And I think I was still using GW paints when I painted this, so um, I'm pretty sure I just grabbed uh, whatever the standard kind of, I don't know, ultramarine slash crimson fist uh, recipe they have. I basically had something to that effect, and just did a very basic layering up of that. Yeah, using uh white as like my my highest, uh, which is you know, I look at that now and I'm like, oh man, I, I could do, you know, I I would choose to do this very very differently were I to do it again. Um, in terms of like recipe, I would first of all, uh, the idea, and I know this is something you talk about a lot, is the idea of you know having different colors mixed in for your highlights rather than just going with white cuz you actually get like a color interest in there um i i would definitely use something along those lines as opposed to just uh it, because i have such a flat blue like i mean it's blue it's true blue it looks fine there's nothing wrong with it but it i i definitely think it could have elevated the piece as a whole had i done um had i done a more varied color palette on the blue, like done, you know, something like an ice yellow mixed in for the highlights, something along those lines.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, kind of touching on the idea of like these universal highlight colors. Um, I, I think we talked about this all the way back in our Colossus, or no, sorry, not Colossus. <laughs> it's stuck in my brain. Um, oh gosh, Cyclops. There we go. Our Cyclops episode. They both start with C. Uh, where I was talking about the blue on him and then for him, yeah, ice yellow it kinda gives you like a little bit of green to your highlight while still desaturating it. Um white white is a perfectly, you know, acceptable choice. Uh well, you know, it's all acceptable, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. But you know, white is a is an interesting choice for blue and it, it kind of brings it more towards that sky blue look. Um if you want to go a little bit green tinted in your highlights, ice yellow is a really good um Uh, option for that uh another interesting color to highlight blue with that that i use for my sinister is verdigris which um you know i i really like using this paint and it's it's like a greenish blue i mean it's it's the color that you know copper oxidized copper would look like Mm. and um if you can find don't don't use the like verdigris effect paint because that's gonna do something else altogether to your paints but if you can just find like a you no know, Vallejo Verdigris, um, just paint, paint. Uh, I really like using that for highlighting blue because it kind of gives you. It doesn't desaturate it as much as white. It still desaturates it, but because of the blue that's in the verdigris, you still retain a little bit more of that that blue color, and that that's what I used for my my sinister.
1: Interesting. It, you know, it's funny. Um, I think you just kind of unlocked something in my brain because as you were talking about like, you know using like a, it was before you said Vertigree, something like a... ICLO? Yeah, like an ICLO, how it's going to tint it in like a green direction. One of the things that I didn't bother with at all when doing this, because it, it just felt like too much at the time for me, was I did like object source lighting from like the the smoke stuff, right? But I only did it on like the sections of the cape that are right next to the green, and on, like, the black section, so, like, the boot that he has that's in the smoke, and then, like, his, his hand where he's making the fist. Um, I didn't bother doing any type of reflection off of the, the blue itself. And now that you've mentioned doing that, it makes me think, oh, wow, that's something, that's something you could do, is using, like, an ice yellow on the sections of the blue that are facing the smoke, uh, assuming you go with the green smoke of course because now you're getting like a green influence in that side of the reflection um which helps sell that it's like a metallic and then you could do you know like maybe pure white in the sections that you want to make look like like are facing up so that it has more of like a sky blue influence um that's interesting that uh, that that had kind of never occurred to me, but now that you said that, it's like, oh wow, that's how I would go about fitting in. That's how you could take a colored metallic and help sell like environmental influence with something like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that um, you know that that thought process is exactly kind of like what you were working on for your last model, which is kind of like working on those environmental influences. We um, start with your Hulk, not your last model. I'm uh, working on these environmental influences and incorporating a little bit of that into more models and it doesn't quite have to be like as osl like and, and it doesn't have to cast light for it to influence the color a right little bit. right um, yeah so so i i definitely um you know i i, I try to play around with that i definitely did it on uh on my um on my Mister Sinister, but it's definitely something worth keeping in light. The, the other advantage of using these universal highlight lo- or highlight colors is you can control the the warmth or coolness relative to the rest of it. So if you started with like a really warm purple as your base for blue, um, and you're highlighting up, you know what what makes stuff look more interesting is is you have cold highlights and warm shadows, or cold shadows, warm highlights more common. Interesting. So working working um like Vertigree is going to convey a really cold highlight, so working up with that um whereas if you use something like Ice Yellow on blue it's gonna be a much more relative warm highlight, so you know the color shifting is one thing, but also the the warmth and coldness of those highlights is a is another consideration for that interesting
1: see I'm, that's that's another thing that um I think conceptually I was. Somewhat aware of that, but I had never really put any thought into it. And that's, I'm going to have to play with that. So there's got to be videos, I'm assuming, on that. I'm sure sure there's like a hobby cheating from Venturella or somebody. Um, It goes into that topic, but I'm going to have to spend some time researching that because the idea of. And I'm glad you said what you just did about like how if you have, you know, warm shadows go cold. Highlights and then that gives you like a, another type of contrast into the piece, uh, or vice versa, right? So cold shadows, warm highlights. Um, I'm gonna have to look that up so I can see what that looks like because conceptually that's that's new to me. Like that's it's a cool idea though. Like because I, I I don't know. One of the things I've discovered in just in my journey, right? Like the thing that kicked off the whole MCP project was discovering like value contrast, right? Where you go from like really dark shades to really bright highlights and it makes the model pop. It's it's much more impressive. It looks really good on the tabletop. And I'm now understanding that there's also like uh, hue contrast, right? Where you have colors that are like on the opposite sides and you, and so you can get contrast that way. And it has a similar effect where it makes a model pop. And then I'm, I have a feeling that the cold warmth thing is the same kind of thing, right? Am am I off base yeah. on that, or is that?
0: No, I mean, yeah, it, it'd be in the similar vein. Is it just uh, like reads a little bit differently than than pure pure hue contrasting, right? Like like hue contrasting, you kind of be in the um. You can have two relative warm colors, right? Well, well, so, so if you have blue, right, like you don't even have to have hue contrasting to be to have like warmth cold to warm contrasting. And and it's all relative because blue overall is going to be mm-hmm. cold, right? Um, let, me, let me see if I can find a reference image while I'm talking. But but if you start with like a a purple, um, if you start with a purple and you highlight that up to like a desaturated blue, that that's going to be relatively warm and cold even within um, even within blue. So like that's an example, warm cold blue. Um,
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to have to dig into this because just it, so the, for people who can't see the picture, uh, it's just a picture of two different blue colors. One of them is more of kind of a traditional blue where it's almost like an ultramarine blue. And then the other one is kind of like a, a greenish blue, like a sea blue or something along those lines. And it's got them labeled as the, the sea blue one is the, the warm. And then the kind of traditional one is the cool. And it like I, I, seeing them next to each other, like it, it makes sense. Like one of them does kind of give off a warm feel to it, and the other does give off a cool feel to it. And so the idea that you can have kind of the same color, it in and of itself is giving you uh, a contrast in warmth. Uh, that's that's just another way of thinking about it, and that's also something that is not intuitive to me. So I think I think I'm gonna have to dig on that one. That's that's fascinating though. That's that's exciting. This is another area that I can grow as a painter. So that's cool.
0: Yeah, and it's it's all relative to w- the environment, right? So that what they're calling warm blue there, if you put that next to like an orange, right, it's going to look right cool compared to the orange, and you're going to get like that blue and orange look. Gotcha. So it's all kind of relative to the environment. So like applying that to sinister, um, you know, if if you have OSL coming out of that smoke, uh, warming up one area of it. Um, and to like you know that that sea blue range, you can make the other highlights cold, like like you were saying, like a sky blue, and then you're going to get some interest interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just like it's just like another axis you can play around with. Um, I, I think the most natural way, if I recall correctly, and maybe I'm off base here, like the the way that looks the most natural um, to like the human eye is cold shadows to warm highlights. You know, the, the sunlight is going to influence the colors to be warmer, so it's mm. the most natural way to have it look, but you don't necessarily have to do that. You can have warm shadows to cold highlights, um, if you're kind mm. of in a different would, environment. would that
1: help sell like an unnatural look, too? Like, if you wanted to make something have like a uh, I don't know if, if it's evil or or whatever, and you wanted it to feel unnatural, does kind of reversing that help sell that?
0: Yeah, I. I I think so. I mean, it kind of depends. It's a little bit more than that. But yeah, I think that definitely adds to the effect. um, Interesting. For sure. Very cool. Um, Yeah, so like verdigris is a good way to get like a cold cold blue highlight. I didn't really have a warm shadow. I mean, I guess it looks a little warm, but eh, probably not. I'm probably just imagining things. Yeah, if I were to redo it, I would probably have warmer shadows for my sinister, highlighting up the verdigree to kind of give that cold to warm effect, in addition to the, you know, um, the the value contrast, dark to light, because um, you know verdigree kind of adds adds light value and then cools it down a little bit. That's very cool. And, like, on that vein, actually, I guess if, if you look at my Sinister's face, maybe that's another good example. We can pivot a little bit on, like, Warm the Cold. And I, I didn't do this intentionally. I was just kind of playing around where, um, like, to kind of convey that mottled skin look, Um, I used, like, a purple warm shadow. And then highlighted that up to, like, a very desaturated uh, green look. I, I think I actually... Um, of the GW paints, I actually like the Idenf deep kin like colors that they have for like the like the sickly skin look. So I think these these were like deep kin flesh. I think it's called whatever colors came out around the Idenf deep kin. So it, it's actually a pretty like warm um, like like on an absolute level, it's it's a pretty warm. Uh, warm skin tone where i don't know but next to the purple it it maybe looks a little bit colder um so again like kind of going back to that relativity relatively um to to what's around it
1: interesting yeah my my uh face I, i very much just defaulted into like oh his face is white so i had like a white recipe where i'm pretty sure i started with like i think corax and then highlighted up from there into like an actual white, since Core Axis is like technically a pale gray. And then I think I shaded in into like a more Astronomicon type gray. Um, so it's just very gray scale. Um, and and I, I would recommend having, this is yet, yet another opportunity to have more color influence. And I, I like, especially purple, I think works really well here. Because it ties into like both the red and the blue that he has going on. So, I I think I think that looks better than just doing the kind of straight white.
0: Yeah, I think I was still like experimenting around with like the colored shadows and and not black white to get um, things particularly on 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 skin where um, you know, if you look at someone's skin unless it's like a crease or a fold, you're not going to see very much true black um on on someone's skin. Right. Um so it works nicely for a for low lighting, or, or applying shadows.
1: Gotcha. Yeah.
0: I mean, any, any, like, kind of, how would you modify your approach to to his skin? Because it's, you know, it's a small surface area, but always with these models, you kind of want to focus on um, eyes are naturally drawn to the faces. So you kind of want to give it a little bit yeah. more attention then. I,
1: I think, honestly, I would do something just as simple as uh, maybe starting with kind of a. I don't know, maybe even as simple as, like, a lilac, and then just highlighting up from there. Um, so that way that, you know, it still reads to the eye as white, but it has, like, a, a purple undertone to it. There's, like, a purple influence, which then I think would tie in with all the red and the blue he has um, and just kind of help tie the piece together a bit. I think that's probably what I would do if I were to do
0: it again. Yeah, I, th- I think that still would work well. Um... Cool. Uh, so, oh gosh, I lost my show notes. There we go. All right. Uh, the next thing we have is the cape, uh, and I- I'll talk briefly what I did on the cape because I just airbrushed it and edge highlighted it. Um, there's there's a lot of like frilly details on it. Well, it, I mean it's it's not details. It's just the one details because it, you know, <laughs> it's just a bunch of strands. So what I did is I did um, I did a red airbrush from the front and a you know greenish black airbrush from the black like maybe like kind of see like a dark dark sea blue low gradient on the back and i just edge highlighted it to give separation between those because you get a little bit of bleed over when, when you do it that way um, and then you know the edge highlight helps provide definition, but that, that's all that I did on the cape. So um, you had a much more thought out process. So I'm, I'm curious to hear what you did.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say about the cape is, um, if there's only one model in the entire MCP range that you subassemble, make sure it's Arnim Zola. But if there's two models that you mm-hmm. subassemble, <laughs> have the second one be Mister Sinister. Yeah. Uh, because painting the cape. Uh, on its own, is so much easier than trying... Like, I can't even imagine trying to get... Because he has all these little strands, and if you're trying to do anything like a canon interpretation of the paint scheme, you've got red on the insides of all these little strands, and then you've got black on the outside and the edges of all the little strands, and I can't even imagine how much of a pain that would be to paint uh, if you've fully assembled the model. So... If you are one of those people and you're hearing this and you've already fully assembled the model, my condolences. I, I'm so sorry for for your loss. Uh, it, it's going to be a nightmare.
0: Just to say, you can kind of pivot out of it with with you know airbrushing or at least starting with the cape. I, I think there's enough room in there that you can like get the color in there, but that that's pretty much all you're going to be able to do. Um, maybe you get a little bit more detail on the musculature on yeah. the back. Yeah, I would definitely recommend sub-assembly on him. I mean, that's what yeah. i do as
1: well. And if, if I could do this again, I would actually sub-assemble by not gluing his body into the... uh, Like, where, where his knee connects to the vat, I would actually leave him separate and his cape separate from the base. So uh, three pieces, and I would paint him separately and then glue them together that's how i would but i didn't think that through enough and i'm usually pretty bad at this i always subassemble in awkward ways that i end up realizing i should have done it differently and that was how i did that with him is i glued him onto the base and then i just kept his cape separate um and in retrospect i i should have kept him separate from his base as well but could have been worse not too bad definitely make sure at the very least that his cape is separate otherwise it's going to be a nightmare now as as far as painting the cape goes uh what I did is a little bit different in it um i and i forget how i came across this but i i was i think i was trying to figure out like how on earth do you highlight the cape because this was still where i was in my highlight-everything-to-white phase. I was like, everything's got to go to white, and his cape is black, and that doesn't matter. i got to highlight it all the way to white. But I wasn't sure where the highlights would fall. And so what I came up with is, if you look at the kind of overall shape of the cape, like, imagine the cape was just one piece instead of a bunch of strands. Well, the shape of it is kind of this, like, dome-esque thing, Right? Like it's got this this clear curvature up at the top and then it like flattens out as it goes down. So it's, yeah, it's like if
0: you were to if you were to like melt all those strands together. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it almost
1: looks like you have like a cup that you turned upside down kind of thing, right? So it's it's like got a, a very clear curve on the bot on the top of it, and then it goes straight as it goes down. Uh, and I thought, well, logically there should be like a, a line of light going across Uh, almost like a halo of light Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, and so i tried to do that now my the big failure in that was that i didn't think through enough where that line should go i think what happened was i looked at the model from up top and i was like oh it should be up here and and so i ended up putting it very close to the collar uh of his of his cape and i don't think that works uh and I think had I pushed it back, not, not terribly far, mind you, but had I, had I made it more of like a kind of a 45-degree angle, which is funny because you can actually see in, in the pictures I have of the back of him, you can actually see where the, the actual light is hitting. Like not, not where I've painted it, but where light is reflecting off the model. That's the area I should have put that line of light but I didn't. I did it way higher than that, up by the the collar, and it doesn't. It just yeah. doesn't look right, right? So if I could do it again, I would just change the location of it. But I think my there was merit to where my head was at in terms of what I was trying to do. I just didn't think through and execute it properly. Um, but I think getting something to the effect of like a halo of light across it. Ah, uh, really helps. I think it it sells the model, and I'm I'm sure actually, if I were to just do some uh, some googling for like painted Mister Sinister MCP, you can probably find somebody that's done a much much better example of this that uh, that effectively pulled off what I was trying to do. But I that's how I went about it, and of course it was all hand painted because I'm awful with an airbrush. Uh, but yeah, I, I could see. Especially if you're doing it separately, if I could do this again, I would airbrush all of that to get kind of the the area that I wanted highlighted. And then I would probably go through and just do some edge highlighting on the edges of the bands. And I think that would actually work really well in terms of pulling off that kind of halo effect on Escape.
0: Yeah, and like hearing you talk about it, it's kind of the same thought process as when you're uh, painting hair, right? Like the the like really shiny hair kind of well give yeah, that Excellent effect. point and, yeah. you know, if, if you're if you're painting the cape as that reflective material it's gonna behave very similarly in light. Um so yeah, I mean I, I didn't do that, I didn't even think about that. I think that is a really uh clever idea and a clever way to kind of highlight and convey that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I was I in retrospect, um I'm proud that I had that thought. Um I just, you know. Okay. First time doing it, screwed up the execution, but the idea was there, so I'll, I'll take it as a win.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, and it, it would work. It would. It would depend on the angle of the light, like uh, what you're trying to, you know, what that light is saying to the viewer is that the light's coming from straight down, which would work, but then you'd have to adjust right. all your other highlights, and it'd be a very like stylistic choice. um It's a lot more zenithal than you know that 45 degree angle you're describing. That would come more from. Uh, like a more natural daylight standard right, type right setting yeah um so again it's 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 kind of like nothing's necessarily wrong with with approaching things this way it just always depends on uh what what you're trying to do keeping your light light in in mind and uh you know you're, you're saying a 45 degree because i think for tabletop type stuff is, is um the easiest thing to kind of default into is that 45 And
1: I also think the reason people kind of default into it so often is it it just looks better, I think, than a lot of other styles when you're going for tabletop, right? Yeah. Like when you're going to be playing with it, moving it around, and that's how people are going to be used to seeing it. It's the way of lighting a model that I think just feels the most natural. So it, it's the one I would recommend yeah, unless you're probably. intentionally trying to go for something, you know, like you had said, very stylistic where you, you want the light to look like it's coming from a certain area for some reason.
0: Yeah. Like under layer. Right. Right. Yeah. But I, I think for, you know, most models, I, well, for, definitely for me, for all the MCP catalog is I, is I definitely um, intentionally have it be like daylight setting, which is, there's a lot of like ambient light filling out, you know, details and um you know most of the lights coming from a 45 degree angle right yeah but you know i I thought that you know hearing your insight when we're talking earlier on the cape was was interesting and i I think that that's a really you know smart and clever way to approach that as as, particularly as, as you were kind of doing more so than me like focusing on the reflectivity of all the materials your sinister definitely reads as more of a like the whole outfit is more satin slash you know, not leather, but maybe a glossy um, finish, whereas mine is, uh, the main chest area is glossy, but everything else reads as is, is relatively matte. Yeah, I,
1: I would definitely say that I, I don't think there's necessarily a, uh, a it well, and, you know, I mean, I guess this goes without saying, there's not necessarily a right or wrong, um, but I think, so for instance, I, I was trying to do this because I'm looking at it from a, I guess I'm compartmentalizing everything. It's like, okay, the, this cape, how should I paint this cape? Okay, this glove, how should I paint this glove? Hey, this chest, how should I paint this chest? I'm not thinking of it as like a cohesive piece, right? That's not where my head was at when I was doing this. I do think that your choice, and, and you had mentioned this when we were discussing it earlier, that you kind of intentionally toned down like the, uh, the reflectivity of like the black or gray sections of his outfit because it it would otherwise pull focus from uh, the blue. And I think that your piece is more striking. Like, when I look at it, my eye is immediately drawn to, like, the brilliant kind of blue sections that, that really stand out. Um, and whereas with mine, I, I think it's it's a busier, less focused piece because of that. So I, I don't think, uh, you know, as... As much as I was trying to do all this stuff, and you know, was was happy with some, and less happy with others, and and however you want to feel about any of that stuff, I think it's important to note that there, there's no right or wrong here. It really comes down to, uh, you know, where do you want? eye to be drawn when someone looks at it what what do you want the focus to be on I, I think sometimes it is right to downplay or upplay certain parts of a model even if it's not necessarily the logical way it should be lit or whatever if if you're trying to give across uh, uh, or trying to trying to give certain impressions or trying to draw the eye in a certain area like w- ultimately what you're trying to do with the piece should guide what these decisions are doing and not so much you know, how every little thing should realistically be highlighted, if that makes sense.
0: It, it does. And I'll, I'll push back on that a little bit. And, and this is kind of going into the the high level painting. I, I still think you can get that reflectivity type contrast um, by, by doing like all satin. So so you could still get that impact we were talking about where your eye jumps out to like the brightest lit part. Which for me, like if I if I converted my sinister to grayscale, and, and maybe I can post this picture, we can just kind of talk about how I would think about composition in um like a more uh, competition setting. So give me one second. I'm gonna convert this to grayscale. Okay, there we go. So so this is black and white, and, th- and this is a nice trick that we've mentioned before, but like to just get a sense of the pure pure value of, of what you're doing, right? So so with mine the lightest, the highest concentration of value is on the face. And, and a little bit of that is, is kind of a natural flow from the the colors itself, like the rest of the outfits, you know, darker colors and the light skin face. So the first thing that the eye is going to look at is the face one, because it's the face, that's, that's where your eyes are typically going to start. And then, um, and then, you know, it's, it's the highest value. So we're starting there. Then the eye is going to travel down to that blue area because it's you know, it's right next to it, and uh, like that's just kind of a natural way for your eye to fall down the model. And where I would push back on on kind of where this kind of falls apart a little bit from a, a color composition and value composition is because I painted all of the the boots and stuff like matte black. You can see there's very little value there, so my my eye isn't necessarily guided anywhere after I look at that that chest area right like the middle area maybe you could argue it it travels down the um the flame to the bottom of the base because that's the next like highest concentration of value but i I think where it falls apart a little bit from a like a color composition standpoint is the the like i don't travel anywhere once i hit that that chest area zone if if you know i was thinking about a little bit more what would be nice is to build this triangle where all the way down, like his leg, with the where you actually see the boot, is all the way down. That is, if I had some highlight by rendering that boot um, more satin and having OSL like yours has, uh, it would it would travel all the way down the figure, and then it could travel over to that, you know, the the glowy OSL rings around the base. And then travel back up the smoke, and then I wouldn't get stopped again on that other part of the boot that's you know is matte on mine. Um, so so I you know it concentrates your eye the way that I have it into the middle, but doesn't travel around the whole piece. And again, this this is kind of like you know competition level um, stuff. And and actually, if you look at that that Banshee um, that Banshee uh, Colossus, it, it kind of does that, right? Like you, you start on the phase. You go down. You travel all the way down that leg because you know the he doesn't have the um, the red boots on that leg be totally mad. Hmm. And then you kind of follow that sentinel curve around, and then you follow the ah, other you're leg. You're right. Back I hadn't even bottom.
1: thought about that. Um, yeah, that is naturally just what my eye was doing, huh?
0: yeah so it you know this is stuff that i struggle with and you know try to think about if i if i'm painting more i i really don't think about it that much when i'm painting stuff but like as like a small piece on um as a small piece on composition i think that having osl and and having the, the the leg material or the boot material be more um be more satin would work better and you can still get that contrast from you know, high gloss to the satin, and you get that contrasting materiality without having it be full matte like mine is
1: interesting, okay,
0: so yeah that, that that would that would be my pushback there. yeah. like um, you know, mine's a little bit more like popping because of the uh, you know, I, I think I've managed to achieve like a higher tonality on the the chest. Uh, I don't even know if that's true, but um, like, the, the chest is maybe a little bit more saturated in color, so, like, kind of it's more eye-catching there, but I, I don't think the composition um, makes it a more unified piece. Like, it's a little kind of square in the, like, squares next to each other, rather than a holistic gotcha. piece.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, f- f- fair enough, fair enough. I, I, I guess I would say that, um, you know, looking at it just, I guess, more as from a layperson standpoint, I just know that when I look at yours, um, it feels more striking, um, but but I see what you're saying. How if you were going to try to elevate your piece, you would actually try to lean a little more into what I did, um, but while still trying to keep the, you know, I, I guess the way you would pull that off is is, I, I guess try to be. I don't want to say minimalist, but maybe that's the word. Uh, in how you go about creating the satin effect on the boots like you you want it to be there but you don't want it to be so eye catchy that uh that that's where your attention first goes to right like like you would succeed if you're getting that triangle effect but you would fail if as soon as I see it I'm going to like the OSL on the boot right is that yeah yeah so okay fair enough that that makes sense um I I think uh, that's like next level thinking about it, though. That that that. Whenever we have these discussions, I always realize that the guys that are killing it at painting competitions really are. It's a very different thought process than what I'm used to.
0: Yeah, and I mean me as well. That this isn't something I think about a lot, and I certainly wasn't thinking about it. Gosh, almost two years ago when I painted this mister. Right, semester, right. So,
1: yeah.
0: Um, I don't know why why we kind of got on that, but anyway, yeah. Materiality, like like thinking about that, and then thinking about what it affords you. I mean, it you know it's not the end of the world for it to to be that, um, or, or or anything really. It's just kind of a how you're thinking about it and what you're going for it and what your goal is as a miniature painter.
1: Yeah on on the on the note though about like the the object source lighting. I mean, I guess that that dovetails pretty nicely into what is a pretty big component of the model, right? Like it's a big part of uh, what makes up kind of the colors you're going to use, and what kind of helps add to the atmosphere of it is you get this smoke effect or or whatever we want to call that. Uh, to In my head, I read it as smoke. Uh, but it's coming out of like a cloning vat, and you've got like this broken glass, and then like these kind of plasma coil style things. Um, a lot of decisions to be made about how to go about painting that
0: yeah i mean and and so there there are two ways um that we both kind of approached it i did like the i i guess it's it's more like where do you think the light is coming from i, th- I think the way that i kind of rendered the material and, and this is like a point of interest is that the, the actual i don't know what you call it, the little donuts that are in there were the source of the light so i highlighted those up as being the brightest point whereas you had like an interesting idea um that that's more like space marine plasma gun. So so for me, you know, I I kind of interpreted the object as like those were the rings of light around it. So I just painted those as the light source. But I thought what you did was interesting if you want to talk about. Sure. That. Yeah,
1: it it's not too much to say other than I saw that and was like hey these look like plasma coils and I've seen so many cool little instances of people doing really impressive plasma coil effects on their space marine plasma guns and I was like I want to do that I I don't know if I'll pull it off but I want to do that and so I intentionally watched some videos on that and looked at some images on, you know, Instagram and things like that of people, uh, doing this really cool plasma coil effect. And I tried to imitate that. And I, uh, I think it was mixed success. I, I don't think it quite read as the plasma coil. Now, to be fair, this was before I kind of discovered heavy body titanium white acrylic, which is now one of my favorite, tools ever paint-wise. I love using it as like an undercoat to really make things have like an intensity and pop. Anytime I'm trying to glow effect it's kind of a go-to. I I didn't have that unlocked at this point so I think where I had to do this again I might be a lot more successful, but at the time I, I was trying to go back and forth with using greens and and white, and in fact, you might you might say this was part of my process of learning that because I I did use whites, and I did go over those with like lime greens and and lighter greens to try to get like a glow effect, and uh, and then I tried to do like dry brushing of a darker green to hit the coils up, um, to try to give it this look like the glow is coming from within, and then the little coils are like glass that are being influenced by the green energy but they're they're not the source of it themselves if if that makes sense which i which i think is what the plasma coil effect is going for i think that's if i'm explaining it properly i think that's what they they try to do with the plasma coil effect but um it was and then of course I, because they're supposed to look like glass i also tried to do a tiny little dot of, of uh, specular highlight reflection across them uh, to try and sell it as like, hey, this thing is made of glass. And I, I think it turned out all right, uh, especially with, with kind of how green I was on all this stuff. Like, I, I'm happy with it for the time. Um, but de- definitely not, not a home run in terms of, like, execution. I, again, it was, I, I guess if I had to sum up my Mister Sinister as a project, he was a lot of good ideas it I would eventually be able to pull off much more successfully. But at the time, it it was my first attempt at a lot of them, and so it it, it he's an awkward piece for me. But success in a conceptual sense, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely does. Yeah, and I, I you know, I quite like how yours looks, and it. Um, just to your point on, on crossing that last mile, it is it. That plasma type thing is definitely one of those effects where like the last 5% of work like is really what sells 90% of the effect so it's. uh, it it can be weird to know if you've quite got there or not, and and just adding a little bit more white and a little bit more of like a punchy green definitely um, helps bring it together there.
1: Yeah, I I think I would also try to utilize a fluorescent were I to do this again because fluorescence wasn't something I had back then and I think, um, it would be. I think that would work really well in this case is using a fluorescent.
0: Yeah, no, I think it looks good. Yeah, my mine was yeah, you know, um, a little bit less thought out than that. I just uh, like I said, I kind of interpreted those as more lights and then did um just some airbrush work to get that. I also wanted to do like airbrush OSL on it. I think the only thing that I did on the base that I, I just kind of want to touch on is adding. um It took me a while to like try to decide what, what the hell he was popping out of. Like, it, I I guess the first time I saw it, I thought that it was a portal. Mm. Like he was coming out of a portal, but I didn't understand what the the bits were around the smoke were supposed to be. So eventually, you know, I can't remember if I was told or just figured it out, I was probably told that it was a cloning that that he was bursting out of um, and that was supposed to be glass. So I, I was like, oh, that is cool. Um, and w- what I did to you know, help convey that a little bit better um, is add in what are supposed to be shards of that around him. So it, it's relatively easy to do if that's something you want to execute on. Um, it's just cut up little bits of plastic card. And plastic card you can get from you know art supply stores, but if you, if you don't have plastic card, you know the the hobby cheat here is you can use old gift cards or old hotel keys. This is kind of what what I use as my like initial plastic card setup or old credit cards if you have them. Um Those are effectively just just plastic card that that cut up uh quite nicely and, and can give you like those shards of effects. I'm, I'm sure all the orc <laughs> players are, are well aware of. uh you know the sources of of bootleg plastic card but that that, i think i use like an old hotel key for mine so something to keep in mind
1: i i really like the um because you know logically like if he's just busted out of some cloning vat like there's clearly a bunch of broken glass or, or you know the ring of broken glass from the vat itself that he's stepping out of and so why on earth would there not be shards of broken glass uh all over the place. And so I, I really like what you did there. I think that's, uh, I think it's awesome. I think it really helps sell the effect. And it's something that when I see, I'm like, oh man, I wish I have thought of that. That's a great idea. Um, but yeah, it, excellent idea. One of the simple little things you can do from a basing standpoint to really kind of elevate the piece and help sell like the narrative that the model is going for. Um, so, so kudos on that. I think that works really well. Um, and, yeah, I, I also appreciate, like, your glow effect. I think the the one, I think, cr- critique I would have about the way I went to do it is selling the idea that it's actually glowing is actually difficult. Like, mine, like, as as much as I was kind of happy with what I was able to pull off at the time, when I look at it, the one thing I don't like is I don't feel like it's got like a glow to it. Uh, whereas with yours, it's a, it's very obvious. Like you look at it and it's like, hey, that's glowing. There's this like atmospheric green lighting coming from this cloning vat. Um, and I, I'm not sure how I would go about doing that differently. Maybe it's as simple something as simple as, you know, doing like an airbrush effect. And especially if I were painting the base separately, right? So if I hadn't yet glued on Sinister and his cape, um, you could it, it leaves you free to actually play around with an airbrush and not have to worry about like you know messing up uh, the rest of his paint job kind of thing. So um, m- maybe that's what I would do differently, but um, I, I appreciate yours. Well,
0: what I would what I would uh, what I would suggest is the El uh, um, approach, where he kind of starts with exactly where you have. Um, goes in with a very thin white and airbrushes around, and then does like a very transparent glaze to get that glow effect. Um, so again, it's kind of like that last five percent of work conveys more of the effect. Uh, yeah, El Miniatura kind of has like really a lot. Of, a lot of his artwork he does when he is kind of like quicker stuff is is he'll get a lot of contrast from glowy bits and then really dark areas. So he gets like a lot of. Mm-hmm. Know, contrast in that way and, and kind of just leans on that um, and, and that's what he does a lot is he'll start with like you know a painted effect like you have um, he might not quite ref- or he definitely wouldn't refine it as much as you had I think he would do that after but like maybe two thirds of the way through what you had done he probably or you know what you can do is airbrush blade or airbrush like a, a white very thinly around to like increase the value mm-hmm. of the surrounding areas and then, um, and then glaze uh, the, you know, the the transparent color around that would that would be the glow. Um, inks are really good for that, and that, that's in fact what I used online is inks. Uh, and then go back in with a brush and reinforce that like internal glow that you were gotcha. talking about. Um, I think it's kind of like the maybe the the little bits of extra steps you can do. Um. Yeah, I mean, not, not that your effect doesn't look good. Sorry, I, I actually, I, you know, I, I like I like your effect, uh, and I don't know if it's necessary that like it's glowing because it's kind of weird when it's that internal glow, right? Like, if most of the light is internally, how much of that mm, actually? Gets yeah, cast that's a fair externally? point. Internally,
1: at, at the same time, though, I, I I think I would rather have the glow just because, yeah, even if, yeah, like the rule of cool, right? Like, I I feel like it's still um it. it it makes it more atmospheric and immersive for me. So I, I think I would prefer to have the glow.
0: I, yeah. And I think that's totally fair. Um, I, I, I just say that to say, it's, it's not that yours looks like looks off when you look at it. Right. But uh, yeah, it, it certainly sure. could yeah. look cool. It would, it would and, elevate you know, it. I think. Cloronair. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, anyway, so, so that's all that I have to talk on sinister kind of <laughs> dissecting a lot of that model, but uh Easier with the solo boxes. Anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, uh,
1: really quickly, just the smoke itself. Just in terms of... Because one of the things I noticed looking at yours is it, it kind of gets bright when it gets close to, like, his leg. And then it gets darker as it goes away from that. And then it gets light again, like, near the tip, I've noticed. Uh, whereas with mine, I went with a very, like... On the very bottom, side. and I don't know that this is. A, now that I'm looking at it, I don't think that this is the appropriate way to do it, or at least, let let, let me rephrase that. I I don't prefer aspects of the way I did it, because I, I, I basically thought of it as like, okay, it's smoke, so the bottom should be really bright, and then it should get darker and darker as it goes up. Number one, this is like a weird science smoke stuff, right? So there, there aren't hard-set rules as to the way the light has to work here. Uh, and mine feels to me very flat. Uh, and then on top of that, I think the way I'm interpreting it, because you've got like the glass area and then you've got the smoke that's kind of wrapping around it a bit and I think in retrospect what I would rather do is similar to what you did around like the leg where it's brighter internally and then it gets darker as it's like seeping out over the glass Um, but but then I'm not sure what I would do I would definitely want to do something different with the tip of it because as it goes up for me it just feels boring um, it just feels very flat, and so I'm wondering if maybe it's an opportunity to play around with uh, color influence, make it look like it's turning a different color as it gets to the tip, or, uh, or, or 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 maybe something like yours, where you're playing a little more with the value, kind of going back and forth between like a darker and a lighter, or maybe just throwing in color, other color influence. So it it maybe, maybe that's the answer is just having more than just a hey i have like a lime green that goes to a, a, a dark forest green and it's very monochromatic in terms of the color influence that, that is in the smoke. So, I don't know what what are what are your thoughts on that?
0: I mean i think any approach that you do there would work right like like you have a lot of freedom um my my process for painting the smoke was i just airbrushed it till it looked cool uh so i I didn't really have a formal process on it um like most of the way through the start of my um like mcp like probably till i got two-thirds of the way is when there was like a magic or heavy smoke effect like this i i strictly wanted to airbrush it um because i thought that like the smooth nature you get on the airbrush um you know looked more magical than uh that if I went in and did any brushwork, I, I don't do that anymore. But that was the logic at the time. So, I mean what I did on him was I started with like a purple, like so I did a little bit of color influence. So there's some purple in there, um, and then uh, like a bluish green to be a cold green, up into a, uh, you know, a lime green to be a warm green, um, or a yellow green, I should say. Uh, I didn't really have any rationale on going from light to dark. I didn't think so much about the light source, uh, although, you know, I, I certainly should have. I just, uh, I thought it looked cool. I, I, I did actually subassemble him into three, so he was separate from the, the smoke, which afforded me the uh, the flexibility there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I guess that just goes more to the point of why it's a good idea, right? Is it allows you to, because I yeah. think... That's one of the reasons kind of why it. my smoke is as boring as it is, is because getting to certain parts of it uh, is a little trickier, um, and yeah, and I so I think the smoke just makes it kind of boring as a result. But okay, yeah.
0: Would say yours is boring, but um, I, yeah, I mean, there's certainly more or less you can do with it. Uh,
1: yeah, and that's fine. I mean, I, I, uh, this is just my personal thought on mine. I look at my smoke and I'm like, oh, I feel like that it could have so much more going on with it. And I, uh, you know, uh, this was also back when I had a much more, uh, well, much less, much less understanding of color theory and like using other color influences and things like that. And I think that is part of it. All of my colors are very like, hey, here's a standard blue recipe, a standard red recipe, a standard green recipe, so on and so forth. And so just looking at it with, you know, more... Painter mature eyes. That's an awkward way of wording it, but I think you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Thinking about color influence, you could add to it, and especially now that I know purple is like a big deal with green, that was something I, I was not aware of before, um, and have only recently become aware of. It's, it's just thinking about things I could have done differently with the smoke to just make it look cooler.
0: Yeah, but
1: but something to think about for people who Character are
0: painting it character yes
1: indeed but no that's that's about those are yeah. about all my thoughts on mr sinister i mean i think he's a he's a fantastic sculpt and there's enough going on with him that like it, it really encourages you to kind of try out different stuff and, uh, and and do cool things with him I, th- I think he's a great sculpt he's a lot of fun to paint
0: yeah absolutely uh couldn't agree more yeah i i definitely felt myself like climb a new plateau not that they are actual plateaus but I, I definitely got to the end of that model and felt like I understood more about like conveying high reflectivity materials and then um converting that into something that's like uh um like NMM like it this actually helped me with my NMM this helped me with uh you know thinking about that more so yeah definitely a cool scope you can definitely learn a lot from it if you if you put in the work and uh ended up with a cool model that'll sit on your shelf
1: forever uh <laughs> oh, it's sad
0: yeah unless you want to clone in people i i hear he's uh, good anyway, if you well, don't rely on that
1: i hear that it's the tactics card that's the trap that's what i've heard but those uh, are from people I who play know. regularly and that's not me so i'll take I, my I, word yeah, for it
0: I, I wouldn't know. You don't come here. If you're about to come. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so we'll we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you're you know, first time or new listener, and you're not in the Discord, I'd I'd encourage you to join. That's that's where, you know, a lot of these conversations continue. We were kind of talking about assembly and some alternative ideas. Um, you, know, you can show off what you've been working on. I always enjoy seeing people's painted minis. We've um, definitely been Shatterpoint heavy in here, uh, but. Uh, there's still some MCP going on, uh, so yeah, come hang out, come come show us what you've been working on. I uh, always always love to see that. Um, you can just show off and show off your minis channel, or if you're looking for CNC on a specific technique uh, or part of a model that um, you want some advice on, there's a channel for that. Uh, you can ask questions or um, you know post post resources or or really anything uh, painting related. You can come in here and hang out uh, if. Um if you want to follow me on Instagram, I am waxy underscore sandwich.
1: And I am Marie Artist Seven.
0: Yeah, and uh people can also read uh, your blog to get some
1: more. Yeah, dot Yeah, so uh
0: with that, I'll say it now. We don't always plan this far ahead, but th- but no episode next week, because I'll be uh I'll be gone. I'll be I'll be um on my, my painting hiatus. But yeah, so no episode next week, but we will see you in two weeks.
1: All right. Sounds good. Keep painting, guys.